Our mission here on the Sports Free Agent Podcast is to connect people with their first or next opportunity within the sports industry. We challenge the normal. Think of this as the new resume, a podcast episode which provides insight into individuals on their values, their experiences, and insight into who they really are. We challenge the normal way of doing a job search and hiring process. We're building a database to showcase your next future star employee on our website at www.sportsasajob.com. We flip the roles, so no longer do people get lost in the search, but they get found. Welcome to the Sports Free Agent Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Sports Free Agent Podcast. I have another guest for all of you here today. So if you could please introduce yourself to everybody listening right now. Hey, everyone. My name is Brandon Bender. I'm 29. I live in Chicago. I went to Indiana University for college. And for the last several years, I've been building up my brand in sports media and production. I've had gigs with the Chicago Dogs Baseball Club, uh, Northwestern University, and the Big Ten Network. And I'm only going to get better from here. So you, you just right there. I, and I think that's the starting point. You mentioned, you know, you've been spending your time um, building your brand in the sports media realm. You know, what are certain things you've been doing outside of maybe your experiences that you've actually had? Well, first, let me tell you, Chicago is not an easy market to start in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To be honest, I would have been better off starting in a smaller market, but this is where my family is. It's home. It's always been here. And after college, I wanted to come home and be with my family and do some other things first. I decided that I needed to have a day job or a reliable source of income to rely upon. And so I decided to work in health and fitness primarily, which is the source of income that I have. And I've been having some good jobs and good experiences in that industry while on the side I've been building up my sports media credentials see when I started right out of college seven years ago I was just a freelance writer for one of the fan-sided websites that were based in Chicago it's called the Windy City it's a Chicago style sports blog it was perfect for me covers all the teams the Cubs Hawks Sox Bears Bulls every team and that right there it wasn't something I could live on so I needed something um, else to love on right away and I moved back into one of my grandma's houses where I could live with very very low rent and I first started working part-time in health and fitness let alone working part-time in sports media and production because that's all I could find, but it's taken me several years to build up myself to where I am now. Mm-hmm. And then, so what did you graduate with, uh, with from Indiana University? My major was sport communication, mm-hmm. and I must say the sports media program down there has improved tremendously since my time in the seven to 10 years that I was there. I'm jealous of the opportunities that today's students are getting. But when I was at IU, I 
didn't know where to start. See, when I first got there, I knew I wanted to major in something pertaining to sports, but there are so many options. There's sports marketing and management. There's um, recreational sports management. You could get your feet wet in all different areas of the sports and in industries. And I didn't know where to start because there were so many places to go. Initially, my first major was sport marketing management, but I quickly realized that that wasn't for me because of the business classes and the accounting classes, it just weren't for me. So I switched to sport communication where you focus on broadcasting, media, journalism. That was perfect for me. I'm glad I made the switch. Yeah, and it's interesting because I actually, my one of our newest members of the sports job team is a current student at Indiana University. And she was telling me like the classes they have, they have a podcasting 101 class. And I'm like, they, they offer that at, at universities. I was like, I would take that right now if I could. So she's going to be the podcast producer for us. So one of the things you mentioned before we got into recording was that this whole quarantine and pandemic has really helped you kind of reflect on your life and kind of like what you actually want to do. Um, so, I mean, give us insight, give, a, give us insight into that kind of reflection and what you've been really thinking about the whole time of this, this quarantine. Well, the biggest thing while the world is on pause for me is to keep grinding and making more connections. See, I had a couple of connections with Northwestern that I was hoping to leverage for something big this spring, but the quarantine shut everything down. I got in touch with this guy uh, less than a month before the quarantine hit, and I think I had a chance to get in there because I had already worked with him and he had known me, but like I said, the quarantine shut everything down. All the hiring froze, mm -hmm. and it wasn't just here. It was everywhere. So really, I had no choice but to wait it out. But one of the things I have noticed is that while everyone is paused and frozen in place, if you will, is I could get ahead and jump ahead of where I was and get an even better spot. Like when you're running a race at the beginning, you're in a certain corral or a group. Maybe I can move up to the group ahead of me that's a little bit faster. So um, I've been making connections and trying to stay in contact and tell these people that I'm still interested in work after this all ends and I'm available for hire. And another thing is that there's some seasoned veterans in this industry who might not come back after this. Mm -hmm. And that's another reason why I want to stay at it because I've had some really good experiences uh, up to this point, but I'm just not satisfied enough. I feel like I could do more and, and I should do more. So I'm going to keep at it. And, the seasoned vets who might not return will open some spots for me and other people and open up some other opportunities. Yeah. I mean, right now, I think right now, the three things you really have to be is, is persistent patience and you really have to be active because again, everything is frozen, but you networking and telling people, Hey, just to remind you, Brandon, you know, I'm here. I, I'm here to be hired And once this everything is over. Now, you know, with everything you're doing and you building your brand and, and reaching out to people, 
you know, what would you say, I guess, is your three strong um, attributes for you, especially when it pertains to sports media? First, you said it was uh, persistence. That's a big thing you Mm. need in this industry or any industry, really. You're going to get rejected. You're going to get turned down. But you're also going to have a lot of unexpected opportunities come up. Some people might call you out of the blue and want to hire you and ask you to work. And you should never say no to a gig. And if you let one rejection define you and you just don't want to work anymore, you won't ever get that opportunity that would come unexpectedly had you stayed persistent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I said persistence and also passion. If, if you don't enjoy what you're doing, if you don't enjoy going to the stadium, then why waste your time and do it? You know, there could be someone else who might enjoy being there more than you, might be working even harder than you, if not just as hard and not enjoy. So th- that is another one. And the third one, that's a really a good question. What's a technical skill, I guess, when it comes to the, to the freelance work that you do that really you say you specialize in? Well, I've done a lot of things right now. I, mm-hmm. I, done utility i've stood on the sideline next to camera guys rolling and unrolling cable up and down the sideline which in itself is really awesome because i get to be right there up close to the action i have a lanyard that gives me access to the press box and gets me through security and i've also done camera work for basketball and volleyball and wrestling uh, different sports and another thing I'm trying to get into or uh, teach myself how to do is do video editing I can edit basic highlight packages of games and uh, videos and movies using the basic features of uh, Adobe Premiere Pro now I am not quite advanced enough yet to be able to use any drastic after effects or, or use the program itself or any um, advanced uh, features and techniques, but I'm able to do basic video editing. And if you want to train me uh, on the basic or the advanced features and let's do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, hats off to you. The fact that you know that maybe this area is not your strong suit and you're personally working on yourself but also that adaptability where you were talking about, like if there's a gig or somebody calls you up, you're ready to go. But also if they're willing to teach you something, Hey, I'm all for learning how to do that. Now, I guess one of the interesting things, and I I like to ask people is 10 years from now, I guess, you know, you're 29, 10 years from now, what is Brandon doing and who is Brandon as a person? Cause I think it's important to, to kind of have a guideline of like what you're trying to accomplish, who you're trying to be and kind of fill in the blanks and, and the spaces in between to get there. So who is Brandon and what are you doing 10 years from now? Well, I don't even know who Brandon will be one month from now after this quarantine ends. <laughs> it's, you know, it, it's true that this has left a lot of uncertainties, but I've also tried to stay positive and realize that everybody else is in the same position I think that I 
want people to be inspired by me. I want people to know who I am. I want to be able to share my story with them and I want them to be able to be inspired and touched and look at me as a role model. So what is the story of Brandon? If you had to sum it up for me right now, uh, what is that story? My goal 10 years from now is to be an inspirational figure to the world of autism. I've been uh, touched with autism throughout my life and I've seen the really dark side of it and how the kids can get bullied and made fun of and it's really hard for them to live a normal life and I was one of those kids too growing up. I had a lot of trouble making friends at school. I was picked on all the time. I at times felt like I didn't want to live, but look at where I am now. I'm in Chicago. I'm working a full-time job or I was, I will be back there when it ends and I have a full-time job with full benefits. And I also have some, freelance night gigs that all those bullies would never have been able to get. Mm -hmm. And 10 years from now, I hope I'm even more established. Mm -hmm. And I hope that I can be married with kids by then and just show them how to live, not necessarily to show them to be the next Brandon Bender, but just to allow them to have the opportunities I didn't have as a kid. No, definitely. I 10 years from now, I want to be able to have written my own book, my own memoir about my story, maybe some children's books, and ha- work for some really big major sports networks. And I also, which I haven't shared to say, but I also do endurance races. I'm an endurance, endurance athlete, I've done triathlons. Uh, a half marathon, a, a couple of 5Ks and 10Ks. And not everybody has a chance to do what I do. And long story short, 10 years from now, I want to be that icon who gives people hope and inspiration for those in need. Yeah. And, and I have to say, Brandon, I mean, you know, I love that you're saying that. I love that you're trying to be that lighthouse in the storm and saying, Hey, let me guide you um, to the shore. And I, I think right now, even at 29 years old and everything you're doing, and I'm sure you know it, you're an inspiration to people out there. And I, I'm glad that we're bringing you on this podcast so we can help you um, get that opportunity within the sports industry, but also share your story to, to the people who can relate and, and just people in general to say, Hey, be resilient. You know, no matter what people are saying, just keep doing you doing what you love. Um, doing what you're passionate about and you can be on that path of, of, that you want to be. Now, that's interesting that you're um, a marathon runner, uh, you know, endurance, endurance athlete, half marathon. Uh, I've done it before, a long, long time ago. It sucked. I know a couple people who are super into it. How'd you get into it? Why did you get into it? Well, yeah, the half marathon I did was last year. It was very painful. <laughs> I... I jumped into it too quickly, I think. And I also had the wrong pair of shoes. They were too worn out. And by the time I was able to get a new pair of shoes, the problem was already 
pretty bad is the plantar fasciitis, which is a real, real pain. So I had to manage it throughout my training. And also there are some black toenails that I had to deal with and the bruised toenails that later fell off. Now my toenails are com completely healed now. And also I had to deal with some knee pain and tendonitis and I was just so glad to get the race over with. And I had a fast time. I finished right at two hours for a half marathon. That's really good. Uh, but I was really glad to get the pain all over with. Now, where this endurance racing all started, see, coming out of college, I had never done any endurance races before of any kind. I had never done an official 5K or 10K or triathlon, anything like that. I'd never been on an organized swim team or running team, track, cross-country team. So it was very weird and ironic that I got into all this stuff. I think I was working at my first job in health and fitness out of college, and I picked up a Chicago athlete magazine or a runner's athlete magazine, and I was just looking through and seeing all these inspiring stories and all the lists of races that were happening around the city and around the state and the tri-state area. I was like, you know, there are people here who are uh, not as passionate about sports as I am yet. They're doing all these things. Now, that really made me think, as intimidating as this is, I, I think I should give this a try too. And so – after I moved back, I also helped take care of my grandmother and we were very, very close, especially at the end. And in the first week of 2016, she passed away and I vowed to live for her. And the first big race I ever did was the Chicago triathlon in August of 2016. And that race fell on what would have been my grandma's birthday. And after my grandma died, I was looking at that race and that day, I was like, as intimidating as this is, you know, in my heart, I, I knew I had to jump into it and do it. And for six months, I trained hard and I absolutely crushed it. And that's how I got my inspiration. I guess you can say because my grandma's death and I wanted to make her proud. Not only just that, but I wanted to do it for myself. I wanted to do it for my own personal well-being and personal health and do it for the inspiration. And after I finished my first race uh, that, that day after triathlon, I got a picture of my race medal. I was holding up my uh, favorite picture frame with my grandma, which I actually have right here the people on the podcast can't see it but i just have it right here and i held up the frame with my metal i had someone take a picture of me with it and i made it my profile picture on facebook that day is just saying thank you for everything you've done for me and happy birthday this first triathlon was for you and that got a lot of people and I knew that I 
made her proud and my grandpa proud and all my family members proud because I did it for something that was bigger than myself. And then the next year I did the same race, but I did the Olympic distance race, which is twice as long as the first race I did. The first race I did was a sprint. And so I did the Olympic race in 2017 and I also raised over a thousand dollars for autism. Mm. So that was really awesome too. And in, in 2018, I had some busy gigs with the Chicago Dogs baseball team. I was really busy pursuing the sports mm-hmm. media stuff, so I couldn't do any races. And then last year in 2019, I did the half marathon, which is really painful. And looking ahead, I have no plans for a full marathon at the moment. I definitely have no plans to do a full Ironman. There's no way I can do that. But I got the inspiration to start racing for my grandmother and also once again to uh, give hope to the underprivileged people and to the autistic world and to all the kids who were bullied to the ground like me and I wanted to give them hope and say you know what? anybody can do this you can do it too mm-hmm. and you know what's funny is that all the bullies who uh, bully me around in middle school they're all looking at me now like I'm awesome they could never do a triathlon they could never swim in open water in choppy waves but mm-hmm. I can't Mm-hmm. So I've won a lot of people over since then. And that's inspirational. I'm glad you shared that story of why, you know, you got into endurance racing and, and um, you know, doing that sort of thing. And I want to make sure people who listen to this, whether they're hiring managers or just other people in the organization, know exactly how to contact you or network with you or just get in touch with you. So if you could just please shout out, you know, where can they find you on the different social media platforms? The easiest way to find me is on Twitter at Brandon M. Bender. Just uh, one, one word. And th- that's, if you want to follow me there, that's really where I spend the majority of my time anyway. You can also find me on LinkedIn. And really, I here's another big thing about me. I've always thought that resumes and experiences can be misleading. What I mean by that is I don't think they tell the whole story about who you are. Mm-hmm. Resumes don't show or say how hard a person works or they don't say anything about his work ethic. They don't say anything about how he or she fits in with people or interacts with his teammates. And I've always been a uh, applauded and commended for being passionate and persistent and and showing perseverance and I really think that if you're looking to hire two people someone who might be more experienced than I am just because that person is more experienced doesn't mean that I won't be a good fit for the job also I might be less experienced and yet you could make a bold choice and give me a chance and I'll do everything in my power to show you why you were right to pick me. You see, giving someone a chance of a lifetime 
could give a lifetime of chance to someone else. Mm. Yeah, mm. Someone who took a chance and hired me could really look like a genius when they made decision to hire me. I've already done that before and I want to do it again. Exactly. And I, I love that you said that because that's what this is all about. It's all about allowing people to understand that your stories, other people's stories go beyond just the resume. And I think when people listen to this, I think they'll truly understand that your story goes beyond that piece of paper. Yeah. I mean, you're an inspiration in what you're doing. You're, you're passionate, you're persistent. I mean, everything about what you just said in this short episode really describes more than your piece of paper anybody's resume could actually describe. So hiring managers and organizations or just people out there listening, you heard from them how you can get in touch with them. And if you're looking for your first or next opportunity and you need an opportunity to tell your story beyond your piece of paper, please visit us at www.sportsasajob.com. And like we always say, we want people to get found in the search and not lost.